Hello there, and thank you for downloading this Starting Up podcast from the 20th of September. And on the programme today, we discussed whether sustainable agriculture is a good sector for startups. We were joined by the founder of a cultivated meat company that grows its steaks in a lab and the founders of a startup that aims to make every food scrap a solution rather than a burden. The CEOs of The Waste Lab joined us in the studio. Meanwhile, our startup success story this week profiles entrepreneurs to help them figure out their strengths and weaknesses. If you like the sound of that, then you won't want to miss our interview with Kave and Nushiravani. He's also the managing partner of Umami Communications. This is Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business setup with no regrets. Hello there. Yes, welcome back right for the next hour. We are going to be hosting our latest episode of Starting Up. It is our special program devoted to discussing all the stories which affect small and medium-sized businesses and entrepreneurs. And we are here to help your business dreams become a reality. To help you on the journey, I'm joined in the studio by Neil Petch, who is, of course, the chairman of Virtues. Neil, good morning. How are you? And I am probably solely responsible for half the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere because I eat so much red meat. So it's a good, uh, it's, a, it's a good week. <laughs> now there's a revelation for us all at the beginning of the program. Uh, that's very interesting. I actually don't eat a great deal of red meat. It was uh, not a windy enough. comment. It was just a comment that I like to eat. Red, you like red to steak. eat red steak, and yeah. that involves cows. Exactly, particularly and good red steak. Actually, so if there's a way to create something just as tasty that is sustainable. We're going to hear about it today. Bring aren't we? it on. Yeah, it is a really exciting sector. And over the programme, over the next hour, we are going to look at the sustainable startups shaking up the food industry. We've got one uh, that's actually based in Israel, but is looking to expand here into the United Arab Emirates. Uh, we've also got another company that basically makes waste. Uh, a viable product, the Waste Lab. Uh, there are a couple of, of people based here in the United Arab Emirates, a couple of women, and they've come up with this fantastic solution, uh, which we're going to hear all about in about 10 minutes' time. If you're not queasy, then yes. I'm going to tell you about one that's set up uh, through VirtuZone, which uh, is, is doing exactly that. But you have to promise you're not queasy. I can get a little queasy. Could, Maggots? Could, yeah, yeah. Whew, okay. <laughs> That's actually quite a visceral reaction. <laughs> um, okay, we're not eating them, are we? No, they okay. grow. They, they, what they like to eat, of course, is decaying. So they're doing the, they're doing the environment a favour. And they are extremely protein rich. So oh, good all, Lord, all, no. the, all the bodybuilders out there, get onto it. Oh, oh, and gosh. what they do is they turn it into animal feed. Okay, no, that's all right. Yeah. I'm not there eating you them you're then. Not, you're not one of those animals, so no, okay. you should be safe. That's all right. That makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. And certainly I think insect protein go. is going to be a, a, a future scenario. I'm not quite sure I'm ready for it. But then so much of it is getting the consumer ready, isn't it? Exactly. Like the tech is there. It's now just about educating the consumer. And if you think about how chicken nuggets are made... We've got comfortable with that, haven't we? You know what's <laughs> in there? I'm assuming those? it is actually chicken, yeah, not locust. Well, I mean, would you know? No, Once no, it's been a- deep abs- fried and put on your plate with some chips and ketchup. <laughs> what? My son would know. That's all he ate for about five years. They do go through. They do go through those phases. I mean, it is such an exciting sector, and it is growing fast. Research by Berkeley University in the states suggests that two thirds of consumers look for products that can help them live a more sustainable and socially responsible life. And 
not only that, they're willing to pay a third more than normal for products that support sustainability initiatives. I have to say, I'm not counted amongst that number. I, A, would not spend more and, B, don't really look for sustainable food. Do you? Yeah, I think, well... I'm going to I'm going to pontificate now because this isn't necessarily true, but it makes me sound good compared to you. That's, I that's think with fine. Everything I'm, going that's on. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> there we go. Everything going on in the world at the moment, the likelihood that fertilisers are shooting up in price, wheat's shooting up in price, and so on and so on. We need to start planning ahead. I think that generally with food, it's not something that the human species has done an awful lot. But there are some brilliant startups here in in this sector. And and I think that they're going to become even more, I've just got my businessman's hat on, commercially viable in a year than they are now. So it's a brilliant space to invest in. And it really is doing something. And you know, now we might not be suffering. But actually, if you, you, know, if you have a look at the price of your Wagyu or something like that, uh, then, then you'll, you'll see it has been shooting up. So this is probably a good move back at home as well. A very interesting indeed. Good thoughts there from Neil Petch. Without further ado now, we're going to get talking to one of the startups that we're featuring on this week's programme. Aleph Farms doesn't have fields, it doesn't have livestock, but it creates delicious meaty steaks. But how? Now, earlier, our producer, Andrew Hosey, spoke to Gary Brenner. He is the founder of that company, and he explained their background. We were established in 2017 in a collaboration between the Technion University, Israel's Institute of Technology, and the Strauss Group, food group. And our area of uh, focus is in uh, cultivated, cell-cultured cultivated beef meat products. And uh, we are now well on the way to uh, uh, commercialize pilot-scale manufacturing site, uh, awaiting uh, regulatory approvals in uh, Israel, in Singapore, and eventually in the United States. And when it comes to the United Arab Emirates, uh, we are uh, in discussions with uh, ADQ as a lead investor in other farms, as well as with the, the uh, Abu Dhabi investment offices. With their assistance, we've also engaged in dialogues with the ministries responsible for food safety and uh, food security in, in the UAE, uh, the Moyat and Mocha ministries. So what sets Aleph Farms out to be different to other farms of this nature? There's about 120 startups globally in this new category called cellular agriculture cultivated meat, which uh, includes uh, uh, different categories of meat. Uh, Our focus, uh, point of differentiation number one is in beef. Uh, There's also companies focused on poultry, pork, lamb, uh, fish, and different crustaceans. Uh, There is... uh, the differences in the technology platforms, whereby our uh, technologies are considered uh, natural in the sense that we are taking cell lines, cell tissues from a healthy animal, a healthy cow, uh, where there's no need to slaughter that animal at any stage. Uh, we're able to grow those cells in a patented technology, whereby actually we, uh, for a particular species of animal, 
we can grow those cells over a period of multiple years to thousands of tons of beef meat. Uh, there is no genetic modification involved in our production process uh, at any stage. And uh, maybe lastly, uh, as opposed to most of the uh, cultivated meat manufacturers, uh, startups, uh, we are focused on whole muscle meat. That is to say, not ground meat, minced meat or nuggets, but a whole muscle steak type product. Uh, for beginners, that's uh, where our points of differentiation lie. I mean, it sounds amazing to have a farm with no livestock and have that tech working right now for this all to happen. Uh, so tell us about, you know, like the advantages, you know, why it is so much more sustainable. Okay, we're living uh, on a planet which is suffering from food security, resilience, suffering from climate change, uh, is in great risk. And, uh, and in parallel to that, we expect in the next couple of decades, we will be feeding, need to feed 10 billion people. Conventional agricultural forms uh, will not be able to do that. Uh, if they were to be able to do it, there would be no planet. Uh, not in terms of uh, the methane emissions coming from cattle, uh, not in terms of the amount of land and water that's needed, uh, and uh, simply not enough animals to feed so many people. The fact of the matter is that we're using 50% globally of our uh, feed, our, our agricultural produce in order to feed animals, in order to feed people. And this cannot continue from a food sustainability point of view. If you ask that question specific to our part of the world, the Middle East, uh, GC, C countries, Israel, uh, we have to find alternative forms of feeding our populations. We live in uh, desert climates. We live in areas which cannot offer the agricultural uh, supply chain. During the COVID time, uh, the UAE discovered that more than 95% of its foods being imported. And uh, in times of uh, crisis, whether that's pandemics or choke points in our canals, in, in the Suez Canal or the Panama Canal, in times of uh, military stress, like what's going on in the Ukraine today, uh, all of our food supply chain is being uh, disrupted. In the case of other farms, our plan is to actually build in Abu Dhabi uh, biofarm, as we call it, and be able to supply locally uh, to the UAE population, but also to the GCC and other Islamic countries. And we're actually in discussions for possible development of lamb meat based upon cell lines coming from a sheep from the UAE. These plans all sound absolutely amazing. How soon could we see a steak from Aleph Farms on our plates here in the UAE? The go-to-market strategy starts with high-level, high-end restaurants, working with leading chefs to begin to build customer awareness and acceptance. Uh, the finished product that we'll be offering to the market if it's in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, or if it's in Manhattan, or if it's in Tokyo or in, uh, in Beijing, 
and will taste different and look different. The technology platforms are standardized for everywhere, but the finished product will be designed and developed for the culinary expectations locally. In this case, uh, what the key success factors are number one, the regulatory approvals, which I mentioned, and therefore it's so important for us to continue the dialogue with MOCA and Moyat, with the ministries in order to achieve regulatory approval in the UAE and from there to the GCC countries. And secondly, the scale up of the equipment, quite frankly, is uh, a story in process. Uh, the type sizes of bioreactors that we and others will require to produce thousands of tons of meat product are only now being built. So we, be able, we believe we'll be able to supply in one, two years uh, to the Emiratis product coming from Israel in order to begin to develop the market in the restaurants, as I told you, and ultimately uh, go ahead and build a facility in the UAE for the local and regional markets. Exciting news there from Gary Brenner, the founder of Aleph Farms. Right up next, we're going to be turning our attention to a local startup. The team from Waste Lab aim to make every food scrap a solution rather than a burden. And we'll have them on the radio in just a few minutes' time. Neil Petch will be staying with me as well, of course, the chairman of VirtuZone. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Right, we are back on air. Uh, and we are back with Starting Up. It is our program that's aimed specifically at those of you who want to start up a small or medium-sized business. Uh, maybe if you're an entrepreneur, if you've got an entrepreneurial bone in your body, then this is the program for you. And this week, we are discussing sustainable startups that are shaking up the food industry. And it is my great pleasure to welcome, we just, just heard from an Israeli uh, startup that's, uh, that's going to be coming over here to the UAE in very short notice, that's LF Farms. But this week, uh, we ha- now we have in the studio uh, a company that has actually been shaking up the food industry right here in the UAE. I'm joined in the studio by Jalen Uren. Uh, she is the one of the founders of Waste Lab. Jalen, how are you? Thank you for joining us in the studio. Good afternoon. I'm great. Thank you for having me today. It's an absolute pleasure. Also in the studio, of course, we still have Neil Petch, who is the founder and chairman of VirtuZone, the man behind the company that helps uh, startups. And ladies, big fans of the T-shirts, big fans of the the brand that you have. Thank you so much. Tell us about it. Tell the listeners. Oh, there are so many things to say, but yeah, like basically what we're doing is we rescue foods and food scraps and turn them into a fertilizer here, organic fertilizer through nature-based solutions. There must be so much waste from all the hotels, all, all those all those brunches on the weekend. George, imagine, uh, do, you have, do you have deals with all uh, the hotels? Yeah, here? right now, like we are starting soon with uh, some hotel chains. Mm-hmm to do some pilot project and scale our operations. And we are also focusing on working with households because it was one of our pain points. We as a resident here, we couldn't find solution. We couldn't compost. We say like, why we don't do yeah. this? It's a, it's a huge problem and it's need. We take this as an opportunity. 
to, to, to bring communities together. So I've heard from George's uh, house that a lot of food is left because she's a terrible cook. So how <laughs> well, would, Unfortunately, how, true and accurate. So how would she go about uh, work? You know, how would a typical person that shops at Waitrose and has a bit of waste and, yeah. and then how can they liaise with you? So what we do is, is basically we have different subscription plans. And you just subscribe through our website or Instagram. And according to your area, we bring you your starter kits and you have one day per week. And we come and collect everything according to the guidelines. And we do composting for you. What we do is in return, every month you're receiving impact reports because we want to show how much impact actually, you know, even one family oh, or brilliant. one individual Let's get can composting do. composting the UAE. Well, I've got a big question because I'm pro-composting in principle. And, and when I go back to the UK over the summer, I do quite a lot of it then yeah. in the sense that we have to, we're required by the council to collect all our food scraps. But that's in England where it isn't that hot. So it doesn't get that smelly. I mean, it's still pretty disgusting. Um, how do you stop my food scraps getting smelly? Uh, I mean, composting is, it could be actually super basic and super simple if you know how to use nature as your technology. It's a little bit of science, a little bit of art and a lot of TLC. And our compost piles are working like so good. They smell like earth, like a soil after the rain. Like, I'm not exaggerating. Everyone Jaylen, is welcome you to... you are good. I almost yeah. want, the, I want the perfume now. Uh, seriously, Compost like, uh, you know, like, we don't get a lot of rain here. But, like, you know, like, we always have this, like, a memory, this smell from our childhood, from back our countries. Like, after smell, the soil smells like after the rain so good. Our compost piles are smelling like this. Okay. So this is our aim. Right now, we lease our farmland, finally, after years of looking. Now we will like uh, have a bigger operation. We would like everyone to come, kids, corporates, individuals, everyone to come and see what is composting and how we can actually do composting in the desert here with this harsh climate. So give us an example. You mentioned impact, which is yeah. just a wonderful word by itself. How uh, how can one have an impact? Give us some some figures on it. Like we as as Waste Lab, we work a lot on awareness, but it's not just the case. We act on it. We actually find solutions and we show how it's done. And the reports are just numbers, right? But we want to show that like uh, if one neighborhood or one committee or one individual, if they are diverting six tons of food scrubs. It has a lot of impact. We show it how much you haven't driven, actually, how much uh, gasoline that you saved. It's, it's quite important. And when we send these numbers, actually, they are saying, like, this is why we are doing. And it's like, now I can see it. Okay. And, Jalen, you said that nature is doing this for you, which yes. is why it smells of freshly mown grass and, and so on and so on. Which are which are the little beasts that are working on your behalf? Like, Do we have worms involved? What, what's going worms on? Worms are a little bit tricky here outdoors because of the weather conditions. You can have them indoors, which we are now starting like in, in like uh, experimenting in these. But outdoor, we have so many macro and microorganisms that we don't even get to see them. They work for us. Like we have protozoa, we have uh, like uh, spiders, we have ants. 
like we usually often call them insects and often like we get icky from them but actually they play a huge role and parts they do everything for us you cannot imagine brilliant and we were talking georgia weren't we about sort of disrupting and and the business side to this so this is great for the environment but let's face it there are a lot of people listening that are looking for investment opportunities yeah. What's the commercial side to your business? It's a huge opportunity. And right now we are actually uh, raising funds, our seed fund. Uh, so far, like uh, we like had pre-seeds and we, we have been bootstrapping. But right now, like we have 50, more than 50 businesses that they are waiting for us on a waiting list. So we scale up our operations because everyone right now, any scale that you're at, they are looking for food waste solution. Because disposing nature-friendly and sustainably is the problem. And this is what we are offering. And we are genuinely offering this. And have you had to get a lot of licensing so that the people that could invest feel safe that they're going to be, you know, because the idea of worms running around uh, in, in George's uh, bedroom probably doesn't uh, appeal. So there's going to be a little bit of a, oh, my goodness. So if, if you are partners with some of the Dubai government uh, entities, then people are going to feel so safer definitely, for yeah, that. So definitely, yeah, like uh, we got our licenses all of them are covered. Every single activity is just there. And that's why like, we are offering actually two main solutions. One is offsite. If they don't have place or they don't have time or like equipment, anything, that we do everything for them. If anyone would like to have it on site, we are there to support them as well from the system, the insulation, the consultation, everything uh, without having any problem. Okay, and do, you, and do you do it at work as well for, for companies? Yes, we do. Okay. We started off with some offices as well, yeah. Absolutely fascinating to hear about how that project's progressing. I love the fact that you're ready to get seed funding. Obviously, with COP28 coming up in just a year and a bit's time, uh, I'm sure you're going to be at the forefront of all of the sort of the publicity there as well. Uh, great to have you in the studio. Thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thank you so much. This is Jalen Uren, one of the founders of The Waste Lab, who are a startup, a UAE-based startup that aims to make every food scrap a solution rather than a burden. Thank you very much indeed. This is Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business setup with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome back to the program. My goodness me. Uh, there are so many people coming on the uh, on the program on starting up this hour. Uh, it means that we're running backwards and forwards, but it's hugely exciting. There's a really good energy in the studio. Uh, and it is time for us to uh, consider our startup success story for this week. Uh, this is our opportunity when we profile entrepreneurs uh, to basically find out what made them the success story that they are. I'm joined in the studio, obviously, Neil Petch, founder and chairman of C has stuck with me. Uh, but most importantly, uh, we're also joined by Kave Anusharavani. He's joined us in the studio. He is the founder of Umami Communications, which works alongside some of the top food and beverage companies right here in the United Arab Emirates. I can assure you you've heard of nearly all of the names. Uh, Neil and I have just been salivating at the thoughts of Not a free- only salivating, but with stiff backs because Kave analyzes our strengths and weaknesses. As well. Yeah. My goodness me. Yes. So not only do you work... Uh, you do run your own communications business, but you also uh, work as a, a profiler and as executive profiling program you run uh, to help people yeah, work out what, what they should be doing to make themselves a better boss, ultimately. Neil, have you been done it, done it yet? I, I'm, I'm signing up and I... 80 pages is the standard. Uh, that Gee, that is a lot of content. Well, 
First of all, oh, you need a microphone first. First of all, hello, Kave. Lovely to see you. Thank you for coming in the studio. I, I wanted to thank Sorry. both of you first for having me. Uh, lovely to see you, Georgia. Great to see you again, Neil. Uh, you've given me quite an introduction. You've made me out to be some sort of Superstar. culinary Jedi that does. Uh, I love that. that culinary my, Jedi. Culinary I should have. I should have said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Thank you for the introduction. Yes, I am the. Uh, I am one of the managing partners at Umami. Uh, it was founded two months before I got involved by Colin Hutton, who is my partner and uh, really brother now more than anything else. We've been through thick and thin. And it's uh, quite humbling to be considered a success story by somebody like yourself and Neil. Uh, so I'll give you a little story of how that actually started. Uh, I wanted to leave my corporate job and become uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, and when I decided to do that, I wanted to have more freedom. And I thought that I could be a success. And we'll talk about what success to me meant at the time. Uh, the first year that I did that, I almost cried or cried every single day. And I considered quitting every single day. And I also realized I was not as smart or as good as I thought I was, which was really humbling, but very important. I set up a few things in 2014, all of which have died by now. Every single one. Every single one burned to the ground. Uh, and uh, I've lost... Uh, my seed money in every way possible that you can think of. Wrong business model, uh, wrong timing, uh, fraud. And the, what, what I learned over time was the fraudulent and integrity one was the most painful way to actually mm -hmm. lose. And this is how I came across Colin. To me, he's the highest integrity person I've ever met. And that to me is the most important thing. I know lots of things can go wrong, but I know that he is the right person to have by so side. choose your partners listeners. more than more than anything else that is critical critical and we're very different in our way of thinking and in our operationally uh, i'm very fast and to the point he is extremely charming and thorough and so sometimes i mean i want to, I, I want him to hurry up and he wants me to just be warmer but that's yeah. that's our that's i our love side. what you've just said because you know if you have an interview with someone and you ask them their strengths very often, actually, they're telling you their weaknesses. So one of the most amazing things about entrepreneurship is know what your weaknesses are. Yes, and, and, and I will gladly tell you mine are because I've done the same profile tool that you have as well. Well, I'm going to say, I mean, now that you do this executive profiling program, you know, how does that work? And, and do good entrepreneurs have a certain profile? Can you look through your 80-page document and go, he's the man or he the... Sexist. He's the woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a very, very good question. It's a tool that's available globally called Intermetrics, and it has been developed for over 30 years. And uh, a former uh, partner of mine, Paul Kenny, asked me to do mm. that. Uh, and I thought I knew myself until I did that test. Afterwards, I was interested in it, and you have to be certified and trained in it, which I was. Uh, there is a wonderful company in the UAE that has the rights to the training program. Uh, and uh, it was expensive, but it was definitely. And Paul Kenny, one of the legends of of Dubai startups, yes. so that's that's a good testimonial. No, he 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 was he 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 really pushed me to have this. And I, I hope we don't have to identify as a dolphin in order to do well in your test. Not though. at all, not at all. So uh, I realized when I first took the test that I was terrifying to work for, and I was not aware of it. 
I, and I'll tell you what my strengths are and my weaknesses are based on this test. Uh, my strengths are I can see a complex problem very clearly and very quickly. I immediately can identify what the solution to it is. I should never be in charge of implementing that solution because I will be immediately attracted to another problem and I will abandon that. Interesting. Uh, the second thing that is very both a weakness and a strength for me is I have very low, very high risk tolerance. So I am happy to jump in new things. But that sort of a profile re reduces your attention to detail. I should never, ever be the person to uh, review a legal contract because I will read the first page and I start skimming and miss very important clauses, which has happened in the past. Your question, Georgia, was uh, whether there is a certain profile for entrepreneurs. There isn't. Uh, there are values that an entrepreneur needs to have, and this test identifies your values as well. Uh, a combination of wanting to have independent thinking to stay out of the lane and come up with your own thing, uh, a desire to have freedom over your time, your thoughts, or what you should be working on day to day, those, those people do really, really well. Uh, a dangerous trait are people who want to, who want to really, really get who want to really get rich. Uh, that usually is a really, really dangerous trait. Anybody yeah, but can you, sorry to interject, but course. this is really interesting. Can you give us a real life example where someone that you have gone through this analysis for has used it to better themselves? Uh, every single manager we have at Umami Comms has taken this. And uh, I have designed programs for them uh, the person that I can speak of the most highly of is our director of operations, Sara. Uh, Sara is incredible, and I mean incredible in her ability to run an operation. Uh, the part that, uh, because she's, she's also one of the most humanitarian people I've met, which means commercial conversations or difficult conversations with a client, she does not like. Okay. So if you are going to have to say that... Uh, you know, we are increasing prices on this. Yeah. Or so if people who don't like confrontation, listen yeah. to this. She doesn't mind confrontation because she, she can handle conflict extremely well. It is just when there's a commercial mm -hmm. element, the, the, monetary, the economic value is low and the altruistic value is high. So, uh, and oh, for example, if a client can no longer pay, but she really likes them, she's like, can we find a way to, mm -hmm. to work with them? But... Uh, that is one. Uh, the, other, the other person, I could really tell you the best example, because I know most is about myself. Uh, I had to really, really slow down my pace of thinking and my pace of trying to get things done. Uh, the biggest issue I had was I can learn things very quickly. So I would get very frustrated if I told you, Neil, this is how we do it, and you couldn't keep up pace with me. Uh, and because I would get frustrated, then you might be a bit apprehensive to ask me questions, ask me for feedback, and hide any mistakes you might yeah. have made. And I thought I was very nice and very, uh, uh, very understanding, but I wasn't. Now, is this something that one can do online? Does it require face-to-face -face presence? How, how do you run it? Uh, I can send anybody a link, and they, the tests take 15 minutes. Okay. Uh, the debrief after that is an hour and a half. It okay. uh, does not have to be face-to-face -face at all. Uh, but other, after that, it is the process of it's like going to the gym. 
This is Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Virtuzone, business setup with no regrets. Hello there, welcome back. We're down to the last five minutes of this week's Starting Up and we are still in conversation uh, with Kaveh Anushiravani, who is the managing partner of Inami Communications. He also works uh, alongside some of the top food and beverage companies in this country. He also runs Inner Metrics Assessments. He's been an entrepreneur for 10 years. Kaveh, thank you for staying with us over the break. I want to know, and it's a very specific question that I ask nearly all of our Starting Up success stories. What what was it that tipped you over from being a banker with probably a lovely stable salary into becoming an entrepreneur? What was that moment? Uh, it was not a moment. It was a three-year I want to jump into something else that I did not have the courage to. The specifics were that I was I came from a background where I was conditioned that make as much money as you can for financial stability. I was getting a really good salary in a prestigious international bank. But I had no time to do anything other than my job. Uh, I was in an unhealthy environment in terms of uh, uh, what was important to me. And I wanted to be able to work on what I thought was important, which to me was learning and doing something with that learning. Uh, The tipping point was uh, over the December 2013 Christmas. I just decided that I have not gone on vacation for a year because... I haven't had the time to do that. Uh, And the real alarm was the dread every morning waking up that I have to go to this job. And then I thought, this is it. I I had notebooks and notebooks of business ideas that had 2009, 10, 11, that I had done nothing about. And I decided I have to do something. Good on you. Inspirational words there. And I love the fact that you did it at the beginning of the year. Neil spotted that earlier, that it was January the 1st, 2014. Uh, so good to use those anniversaries as a Kickstarter as well. Absolutely. Kaveh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much. Uh, that is uh, Kaveh Anushiravani. I've got a paranoia about your surname now. I do apologise. No, it's correct. Thank you. Managing partner of Umami Communications. Also runs the inner metrics assessments that Neil and I are definitely going to have to get Sorry, done. Sorry, up. Yeah, yeah. We want Absolutely. to find out about and our personalities. I mean, Neil, if it's something that, you know, you want to have to, to, to roll out to anybody because solopreneurs really would benefit from this if you wanted it virtually. We've only. got thousands that could benefit we would, from this. Let's I would, do it. I would, help, I would gladly put for, for, for this for Doing business on the radio. That's what we like. Very quickly, Neil, because there's so many questions coming in for you. And I, I use it all up asking Kaveh fascinating. He was just too interesting, Kaveh. You're just too interesting. A uh, question here from Sal. If you set up a company, do you immediately get a golden visa? You don't, know, And shortcuts, beware them. But it's a moving feast. Things are changing all the time. VirtuZone does specialise in advising people how they can do this and helping them through the process. And the UAE are just being brilliant at lowering the bar on this and making it easier, particularly for for uh, uh, youth in, in fintech and, and so on. So it's very achievable. It's very fast, but it doesn't happen immediately. I like your words, beware shortcuts. That's very sensible indeed. One more question just coming in on 4001, or it might have come on the WhatsApp, 04871 Anita says, my sister is moving to Dubai to work remotely. Does she have to register as a freelancer, even though she doesn't have any projects here yet? All her clients are in her home country at the moment. So your sister sounds like one of what we believe are 85 million global nomads. And you and I, until recently, didn't know there are 
all kinds of global nomad, nomad specials in Dubai, whether it be a hotel rate or whether it be a business club membership. So, no, she doesn't need to, but I would strongly advise build the foundations at the beginning. So you want to have a bank account, you want to have a logo, you want to be able to invoice, you want to have a business phone rather than a personal phone. So all these things will help you be more efficient. Sooner you do them, the better. But no, she can dip her toe in. No better place than the UAE. Amazing. Neil, it's been fabulous as always. Uh, Cave still in the studios. I'm going to say thank you to you as well again, sir. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. And uh, what a show. I mean, busy, busy. We started looking at uh, the, the sustainable food tech sector and then moved into executive profiling. Uh, a journey indeed. And we will be back next week at 11am live with our latest starting up programme. If you've enjoyed this one, then you won't want to miss our podcast. Check it out online, DubaiEye1038.com. Just look for the starting up logo.